Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Thank you tonight for the peace of God that passeth all understanding that is keeping our soul and our mind in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the rest that your people are entering into. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are going to do again tonight, taking us to another level of rest. Receive our praise in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, we pray that as we study your word, you will teach us yourself. In the name of Jesus, we have come to learn at the feet of Christ. Father, we pray that that which we need to know, Lord, reveal unto us. Give us grace to receive, to retain, and to release in due course. In Jesus' exalted name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Uh, we may please be seated. Quiet. Thank you. Um, uh, probably we need our help sometimes, but let's just... Uh, get seated. God bless you. Great. Good evening, everyone. Very good to see us tonight in God's presence. Amen. And I do believe that our day has been great and has been blessed, uh, despite uh, the minus 40, right? <laughs> but we thank God for grace to weather this storm. And uh, we are here today in God's presence. And we welcome all our online worshipers. Those who are joining us online across the world, we welcome you and we pray that the Lord Jesus you have come to me tonight will bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. The topic for tonight is straightforward and we are not going to dilly-dally around it. We're just going to go straight to the business of tonight. Amen. Um, laid in my heart to have a study with us in this church because sometimes we don't, uh, we don't get to hear many of this kind of teaching as time goes, I mean, as we worship. So it is important for us to go into, you know, some reminder that the Lord will want us to have. And we'll be having the topic, it's very simple, it's called eternity, eternity, just, just that. And uh, we're going to have a study on that, it's Bible study, so I'll, I hope to make it interactive, and I hope that we're going to have some time of discussion. Now the aim of this teaching at this moment is so that we can live with the awareness of eternity in mind. So we can live with the awareness of eternity in mind. Thereby making our lives count now and in eternity. Making our life to count now and in eternity. And I will jump to what Jesus said to his disciple um, when Peter was bold enough to ask him, said, we have been following you, we have been serving you. Many, many people will ask questions, I've been serving this God, I've been following this God, I've been very faithful and diligent to everything I do. So, Peter asked Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew chapter 19 that we have been following you what shall be our reward? So in verse 27 of that same book, uh, Jesus said to him, look, Peter, I will probably just open my Bible here so we can read. Please, let's open our Bible today as we read together. 
Matthew chapter 19. Um, Matthew 19. So in verse 27, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we are forsaken all. Before I go into that, Jesus Christ was narrating to his disciples how it would be difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In verse 23, So verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of Nidu than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So when the disciple had that, now just give us the background to that story. When the disciple had that, they were exceedingly amazed. Ah, this thing is going to be difficult to, you know, if people are bad, the boy is saying, I don't want to miss heaven. And then you are asking yourself, am I even going to smell it at all? If people like Paul says, I don't want to be a castaway, I put my body under subjection, you'll be asking yourself, then me, I don't even know if it's sure for me. The same feeling well, was what the disciple had. When the disciple had it, they were amazed in verse 25. Who then can be saved? Who then will make this heaven? Who then will make it to eternity? But Jesus beheld them. And he said unto them, we have a projected. Can we hurry it? With men, this is, but with God. So, question, what was he saying is possible with God here? What was Jesus saying that with men it may be impossible, but with God it's possible. all things are possible? What was that? Sorry? Salvation. Salvation. All right, my that's good salvation, but I need more contest. Sir? Eternity. Entrance into eternity might be impossible for man because it is really not going to be anything any man will be able to achieve. But Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. So when we finally get there, you will know that it was just by God's grace that we made it. Do you understand? It is just by God's grace, not because, oh, I did this or I did that. All those things count, and I'll show us now. All those things count. Now, let's see further what it says. But Jesus beheld them and said, with God it is possible. So verse 27, then answered Peter and said unto him, behold, we are forsaking all. Maybe many of us have not even forsaken all as much as Peter did. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, chapter 5, that after they caught that fish, they left everything at the shore, and they did what? They followed him. They left all their profession. They followed him. Many of us are still in our profession. They left their houses. They followed him. Many of us still live in our houses. They left their spouses wherever they can be and children. They just followed Jesus. And so it was right here. He said, behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? See what Jesus says in verse 28. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And look at verse 29. 
that 12 was just for Peter and the apostles, right? Now let's look at 29. And can we read together? And everyone, including you and I now, and everyone, let's go on, that have forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Everyone that are forsaking all these things for my sake shall inherit hundredfolds on earth, but not only on earth, shall also have the blessing of everlasting life. That's what Jesus Christ was saying. Now, it is important for us to talk about this everlasting life that Jesus Christ mentioned. Lest we think that everything ends here. Because the way it is today, Christians especially have committed themselves to so much to this world. And we forgot that everything does not end here. So, it is important for us to have the awareness of eternity, thereby making our life count here. Forsaking father, mother, everything, following Jesus Christ, serving him with all our strength, it counts. And it says in eternity, you will have hundredfolds. This teaching is a reminder and a warning. It can also be a new revelation to some of us, depending on where you stand. It is a reflection of our internal home. Lest we become so earthly useful, but heavenly useless. Earthly conscious, but heavenly insensitive. Earthly intelligent, but heavenly ignorant and naive. It is not okay only to be available. We must be heavenly useful. Of course, the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 Verse 21 says to us, if a man purge himself of all these things, he shall be vessels unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. Not every vessel is useful for the master. There's vessels that purges himself or herself from all these things. And of course, 2 Timothy, that same 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 says, the foundation of the Lord standeth sure, and it has a seal. And that seal reads what? God knows those who are his. And says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord should do what? Depart from iniquity. So if a man purges himself, if a woman purges herself from this iniquity, the scripture says such a person will fit or will meet for master's use. And that is the most, I mean, one of the reasons why it is important for us to have this study today. Hebrew, also for us to be aware of our internal home, as the book of Hebrew, chapter 11, talks about people of faith that has faith and how they demonstrated their faith and they subdued kingdom. They shot the mouth of lions. They did a lot of marvelous things on earth. But the Bible did, did tells us that that is not all. That is not the entirety of it. You know, many, many believers today, they believe everything we are doing ends here. My 
attending of you know faithfulness to church activities being practicing all of these things giving and doing all sorts of things everything hence here so if they don't get the reward here they feel everything is over no it's not no it's not now hebrew chapter 11 verse um, you look at verse i will read from verse 13 downward it said these people they all died in faith not having received the promises can you see that we will have thought that they were losers. They died believing. They died being faithful. But they did not receive the promises, the scripture says. So many believers today will think, oh, they were losers. Uh, what is the essence of their salvation then? What is the essence of being the child of God then? No, the Bible says, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. They did not give up everything and say everything has to be here because they, were, they considered themselves as strangers and pilgrims here on earth. So for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Verse 14. They were not only looking for to whatever they can get here. They were looking for another country. What country is that? Verse 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now, they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them what? His city. It does not end here. That's the first point that I want you to note today. Life does not end here. If it is so that everything does not end here, then we need to take very close look into the study of where else would we see the continuation of what we think is in hand. And I would like us to reflect tonight as we sing this song together. Nyara, my God, today, can you please help me, media team? It's an it's a hymn, Nyara, my God, today. Nyara, today. It's a reflection of where we're going. And so, therefore, we need to be closely in work and relationship with the almighty God that can walk us through this journey. As we sing together, let's reflect on that song, Nearer My God Today. Nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. Though it be as strong that raised me, still on my soul shall be nearer, my God, to thee. My God to thee, to thee, stands at home.
though like the wanderer, the sun go down, darkness be over me. My rest has stone, yet in my place I'll build near my God today, near my God today. Nyara to thee. Let's do the last stanza number three. There let their way appear steps into heaven. All that sendeth me. In mercy given, just to bear me near my God to thee, near my God to thee. The ancient believers, this kind of song was what was in their focus as they gave their life to Christ and walked the journey with God. They were utterly useless to an extent but they were heavenly valued. People in the, in fact, if you read that book of Hebrew further, he said the heart was not fit for them. They were destitute. If I can quickly see that. He said they were destitute. The heart was not fit for them. But all these people, they did not receive all of this blessing, all of this grace, just because they have focus for one internal city. And they, they, they were walking and living their life every day with a focus of eternity in mind. Verse 31 of that Hebrew, by faith the hallowed Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies. By faith, in verse 29, they passed through Red Sea as by, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to, were drawn. If you look at verse 28, through faith, uh, okay, talked about uh, Moses now in verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the, uh, unto the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured and seen him who is invisible. Now, they kept eternity in focus. Eternity was driving everything they did. Eternity was at the back of their mind wherever they presented themselves before kings and rulers. Whenever they presented themselves before dignitaries and people of very important personalities, they were not looking for the headly gain. They were looking for eternity. 
that was in their mind. And that really helped them to remain focused. The Bible says in verse 33, Who through faith subdue kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence fire, escaped the hedge of sword, out of weaknesses were made strong, was valiant in fight, turned flight the armies of the Hellens. I mean, turned to fly the armies of the Hellens and talked about women receiving their dead, raised back to life again, and so on and so forth. They were doing all of these things. In 37, they were stoned, they were sought asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheep's clothing and in sheep skin and goat skin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. All these people, the Bible said, of whom the world was not worthy. That's the point, the one I was looking for. The world was not worthy of them. So, somebody today will like, I gave my life to Christ so that I can fit into the world system. So that the world can reckon with me. God can make my life better. And everybody will know that, yes, I'm serving a living God. And when God does not do that, we feel that God has failed. No, we are not saved because of all these things. I might be shocking you tonight on that. That's not, the, that's not what salvation means. Salvation is not about, you know, God must answer my prayer. Must be, if you are here, you are still going to die anyways. God raised Lazarus back to life. Where's Lazarus today? Now, there is something, the salvation of God I will talk about is about internal life. It's about you being saved from the damnation coming upon the world and having internal, internal rest with God. If that one is missing, such a person has not had internal life. And the Bible says the world was not even fit of these people. They were destitute, afflicted, or filled. The world was not fit in verse 38. They wandered in desert. And in mountains and in dens and in caves of the heart. And this and this all, having obtained a good report through faith, they receive not the promise yet. Many of us will have thought they failed. Mm -mm, they did not. Their records speak for them. They did not fail. Now, the Bible said they received not the promise yet. God, having provided some better things for us, that they without us will not be made perfect. They are waiting for us to complete the race. You remember in the book of, uh, I think, Hebrew 2. Hebrew, yeah, Hebrew chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, Wherefore, we are all encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. These are the witnesses. They are waiting and they are standing there. Moses will look at some of us on the last day and say, I left everything. I left the grandeur and the, and the peripheralia of the son of a king, just to serve God. What did you leave? One day I was, I was praying to the Lord, Lord Jesus, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. I was praying, you know, that's in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I was praying, I was fasting and praying, Lord, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. I continue to pray and be made conformable to your death. I continue to pray. The old priest says, stop. How many things have you forgotten, forsaken for my sake? So read the first verse, verses. Paul left seven things. God will help me one day to teach us here. On those seven things Paul left before he prayed that prayer. We are not ready to leave those things, but we want to see the power of his resurrection. And to some people, the power of resurrection is, I can raise the dead, I can heal the sick, and that's what they are looking for. What have you forgotten or forsaken? Paul said those things, I counted them dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. So the Holy Spirit just stopped me there. Stop, stop. What have you forsaken for me? Then I stopped. And I started scratching my head. Um, um, you know, Lord, um, and he said, so go and do the needful. 
What am I trying to say, brethren? Is that the journey to eternity, especially with God, will cost us. And in the process of costing us, if the world does not give us the result that we are envisaging, that does not mean that God had failed. When you hear of eternity, what comes to mind? When you hear eternity, what comes to mind? Ushers, please, can you help me with microphone? What comes to your mind when, when somebody just tells you about eternity? Yes, I want to sample people's uh, answers. What do you think? What comes to mind? Somebody just come to you and say, eternity. Yes, my dear. That Jesus saved us from sin. Thank you. All right. John chapter 17, verse, uh, I believe verse 3, says that they may know you, the only true God, and your son Jesus Christ that you have sent. That is eternal life. Thank you for that. Yes? When you hear of eternity, what comes to your mind? Sorry? Internal life. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, internal life. Yes, yes, ma'am. Sister Miracle, yeah? Endless age. It's okay. Endless age. Ah, everything's going to end. Okay. Then we are going to just be there forever. Ah. Now, wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. What else? Yes, ma'am. Unlimited. Okay. So if I tell you now, bro, if I will see you in eternity. What What comes to your mind? What will you ask me? If I say my brother, good night, I say you in eternity. What comes to your mind? <laughs> it's either I want to die or you want to die. <laughs> and, then we are, and then we are shaking. Yes, thank you, sir. In endless time. But what comes to mind sometimes is death, fear. Yes. Sorry, I didn't get that. Heaven. Heaven. Thank you. Heaven. Heaven. Heaven comes to mind. Yes, sir. Life after death. So, death comes. Then we then start thinking, hey, okay, oh, there's something after that. There's heaven. Thank you. These are the thoughts that comes to mind. Death, heaven, everlasting, endless. And some persons, truth be told, will be concerned. Some of us are concerned. So, what are the concerns? Some of the concerns. If today, 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 angel came and says, Brother Femi, we are going to internet you. What are your concerns? Sir, be true, be truthful. What, what, what are your concerns? I know it's joy for you. What are your concerns? I have no concern. No concern. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Our brother has no concern. Yes, who, who we have concern? Let's be true, be, sir, be told. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That would be a concern I have. God, I thought I have two more weeks to. Can I clean it up? There's somebody I've not forgiven. <laughs> Uh, there is something I really wanted to do that I did not do. Right. That can be a concern. What else? What other things? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Iman. Yes. 
Okay, you'll be thinking about your legacy. What, what have I left behind? What will I be remembered for? That's a big concern. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Pastor Missy say, will I make it to heaven? That would be a big concern. Yes, bro, Motoro. Judgment. Okay. All right. The judgment. What, what is going to happen after now? Will it pass through? Thank you, sir. Let truth be told. How many of you will not be concerned about your children? You are not going to be concerned about. Okay, you are going to be concerned about your children. I'm me. I'm going to be concerned about my wife, my children. Uh, Lord, what's going to happen to them? Am I lying? No. That's that's the truth. You you first of all think about that. Now, some of us be concerned about our business. I've invested a lot of money. God, you just say now. Why, why, why are you doing this to me? You know, many people will be scared. Many will even pray, like ne- like uh, what's his name? Nehemiah is that? No, is that Nehemiah? Ezekiah, and say, God, can you shift it a little bit? Some people will say it's not my portion. Despite the fact that, in fact, if God tells you you are going to heaven now, heaven, golden heaven. You see, say, God, I know, but, but uh, uh, we will prepare for that later. But God, I'm still young, isn't it? I want to marry. Thank you, ma'am. Where's Sister Precious? Where's your wife, Brema? Because I remember Precious saying that, uh, God, please don't come now. My marriage is next week. <laughs> don't come. <laughs> Let me finish my marriage first. Amen. When we think of eternity, we see all of this concern. Eternity is the beginning of the end of times. It is the beginning of a timeless age. It means timeless period. Sun and moon will be gone. Revelation chapter 21, verse 23. I may not have time to read all of that, but 21, 23, the Bible says, And the city had no need of sun, neither of moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is a light thereof. Moon will be gone, sun will be gone. 22, Revelation 22, verse 5 say, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle neither, light of the sun. For the Lord God gave them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now it's infinite or unending time, infinite, forever. A state to which time has no application. It's called a timelessness life. Endless life after death. Now, this world is temporal, but eternity is forever. It does not matter how long you and I live here, whether we like it or not, one day we shall die. And if we did not die before the rapture, we will all live here. This world is temporal. Now, as the year winds up and a new one begins, so this same world that we have, one day we wind up and it shall be no more. If you have not known it, hear it today. I know we don't preach this all the time, but the truth of the matter is this world we shall all wake up one day 
and it will no longer be in existence. Just as 2022 is wrapping up, and that's why you know, towards the end of the year, I like to remind the people of God and myself that one day as year is going, we will wake up to a timeless season that there will be no year to even count. There will be no 2023, there will be no 2020, anything. You just wake up and you just find out that it's eternity because time has been suspended. It shall be the beginning of the end of time. And the Bible tells us, you know, in some of these ways. I want someone to please open 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. Please open your Bible, because I have many Bible passages. I want to ask another person, Matthew 24, 35. Another person, Revelation 21, verse 1. Another person, 2 Peter 3, 10. Now I take it again. 1 John 2, 17. Who has that? Please just raise up here. Okay. All right, Sister Miracle, I've given that to you. Matthew 24, 35, who has that? Okay, Sister Remy, I'll give that to you. Revelation 21, 1, who has that? Okay, I'll give you. Is that Esther? Good. I'll give that to you, Esther here. Revelation 21, 1. And Second Peter 3, 10, who has that? All right, Brofemi, I'll give that to you. All right, so Sister Miracle, thank you. Please, let's listen. I have a question. At the end of the question, the question is, what is the common factor in all of these verses? Yes. Thank you very much, ma'am. Yes, um, the second one, Matthew 25, 35, 24, 35. Who has that? Sorry, me. Yes. All right. Um, if you read that in King James Version, if you don't mind, please listen to common factors. Yeah. We're in Bible study, so let's study that together. Matthew 24, 35. Yeah, King James. All right. Thank you, ma. Revelation 21, 1. Esther, King James Version. I prefer that. All right, thank you, dear. Uh, Second Peter chapter three verse ten. Uh, who has that? Brofemi, yes. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. All right, thank you, sir. That's okay. Thank you very much. What's the common factor there? Everybody, let's echo it together. Heaven and earth will pass away. Bible, Bible, uh. A test has shown to us over and over that this world will pass away. Heaven and earth. When he's talking about heaven there, he's talking about the sky. You know, some persons, some scholars say there are three heavens. We have the sky, and we have, of course, uh, the upper heaven where the galaxy and all of that, and then we have the heaven, which is the third heaven. That Paul says he finds himself, and he was caught up into the third heaven, and we believe that's where God is. Now, he says heaven and heart will pass away. This world is temporary. Is that settled? The question now is why do we now hold so tenaciously to this world that's going to pass away? Why are we so worldly focused that we forgot that this world is going to pass away? The investments some people are making into this world <laughs> and they have no treasure whatsoever in heaven. 
This same world. We build mansions. We build homes like we are going to be there forever. And yet we have nothing to show in the other place that we will live for eternity. I pray the Lord will draw our heart back to eternity tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. The world is temporal. God's original creation or intention for man is for eternity. God originally created man for eternity. Death was not supposed to be part of human life. Though man has the capability to die. Even when it was created. Okay. But death was not supposed to be part of our life. We have the capability to stay alive as long as we wanted. But after the fall, man was doomed to die. Genesis chapter 2.17, just to bring to context. You know we're in Bible study and we liked the scripture to tell us some of those things we are saying here. Genesis chapter 2.17. Now, if you read it, um, just to show to us that death was not part of the plan, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt. So God did not plan for man to have internal separation from him. Because the die there we are talking about is separation. The day you take it, you surely die. But after man finally took what God said they should not take, it's not about the problem was not taking the fruits. The problem was disobedience. It's the same thing today. Pay your tithe and you say, no, I'm going to eat it. It's still the same disobedience. It's still the same thing. The problem is disobedience. Now, uh, leadership saying this and you say, no, I'm going to go this way. It's disobedience. And the Bible tells us that uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. So, disobedience was a problem originally. Now, if you look at uh, Genesis chapter 3 verse 19. 3 verse 19. Now the Bible says there, in, in your sweat, in sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken. For thou, I mean, for dust thou art, and unto dust shall thou return. And Adam called his wife named Eve because she was the mother of all living. Uh, if you continue to 24, unto Adam also, to his wife, did the Lord God make coat of skin and clothe and them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us. To know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take all soul of the tree of life and eat and then do what? Live forever. So before, he was, was supposed to live forever, if you think about that. No. He has a capability to die. Though, he was, death was not part of the situation. But he disobeyed, and then he was now doomed to die. And God says, with this curse on him, if he still goes ahead and takes that fruit of life, that, uh, the other tree, fruit, then it will live forever with a curse on him. So it was even to the benefit of man that God quickly drove him out. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It was to the benefit so that you don't continue to live with this curse, and then uh, there will be trouble. So anyways, originally God created man for eternity, that we shall have relationship with him forever. But unfortunately, man went the other way around. And the life is not made to hand. We are we're made in spirit, but sin corrupted the whole thing. So what is it about this sin? The greatest problem ever 
was the problem of sin. The greatest problem ever was what? The problem of sin. It's not the problem of poverty. It was not the problem of sickness. It was not the problem of uh, whatever we are seeing today. And I'm sorry to say there are still many more problems coming. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem of sin. Sin created all the problems we are seeing today. Your sickness, divorce, whatever we are seeing, accident, earthquake, everything that's happening to the world as disaster today happened because of sin. No wonder we are in the period of Christmas. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Shall give birth to his son and his name shall be called who? Jesus. For he shall deliver his people from what? From their sin. Why not other things? So if God delivers or saves you and I from sin, rejoice. Material thing we follow. Health we follow. Every other thing we follow. That's fine. But the most important thing that is called salvation is salvation from sin. Anybody who has all these material things and blessing and is not free from sin is not free. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not. Many people continue to live in sin and they call blessing because of material blessing that comes to them. They call it blessing and they say they are, they are serving God. First Timothy chapter 6, I believe verse 6, says that... Uh, Godliness with contentment, if that's correct, can me check? It's a great gain. But some people, they take gain for godliness. Gain is not godliness. They say, if everything is working for me, it must have been that I am righteous. No, 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 no. Everything can be working for you and, uh, and you don't know God yet. But when the Bible says, when we have God and we are contented with that God, it says, that is a great gain. Yeah. Second, I mean, uh, Timothy, is that second? That's first Timothy, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, right? Okay. In verse 7, says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we will carry nothing there. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith contented. Okay? Now, if you look at verse 5, Look at that verse 5 of that Timothy. Okay. Perverse disputing of men of corrupt mind and destitute of the truth. What are they saying? Supposing that gain is? Gain is not godliness. Is it clear? Gain is not godliness. If my children are doing well in school, I must have been doing well with God. Well, <laughs> that's not godliness. But the Bible says the other way around. Godliness with contentment is the great gain. So, we must understand that sin problem was the biggest problem. And the greatest price ever to be paid. Who can tell me? The price of what? Death. Death. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than a friend laid his life for his friend. That is the greatest price that Jesus paid. Now, the price of death for all have seen and have come short of God's glory. In uh, Romans, I think Romans chapter 3 verse 23, the scripture says the wages of sin is what? Is death. The greatest price is the price of death. Now, the greatest problem ever was the problem of what? The greatest price ever is the price of? Jesus paid that price of death to earn us the eternity with God. Jesus paid that price of death to hand this eternity. He earned it. He did not just command it and say, I will give them eternity. No. He came to this world. He paid the price. He earned the eternity. That's why the devil cannot take it from him. 
And he said, this is eternal life. John chapter 17 verse 3. That they may know thee. The only through God. And Jesus Christ, your son, whom thou have sent. That's eternal life. So he hand his eternal life through the price of death. Now, the greatest gift ever is the gift of salvation. The greatest gift that you can ever receive from God. The greatest blessing that you can ever get from God is the blessing of salvation. If you are not saved, there is no show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was telling someone recently, I said, the best decision I've ever made in my life that I have never one day regretted till today is the decision for salvation. And I was only 13 years old when I made that decision. I didn't even know what life meant. I didn't know anything about marriage, about profession, about career, about riches or wealth. No, I was just in my small village. And I just gave my life to Jesus. But that happened to be the best decision that I've ever made in my life. Why? Because that is the best decision any human could ever make. It affects our life here and it affects our eternity. Are we together? So the best, the greatest gift ever is the gift of salvation. What are you waiting for if you are not yet saved? What are you waiting for? And how do you know you are saved if you have been free? He said, this is the reason for the Son of God to manifest. Is that 1 John chapter 3, verse 8? That the Son of God, 18, for the Son of God manifest to destroy the work of Satan. If the work of Satan has not been destroyed in our life, then you, you can't, we can't fake it. We can't fake it. it just, some of us just believe we go to church. We even teach like I teach like this. If I'm not saved, why did they give me teaching? <laughs> okay. Some will say, if I'm not saved, why am I in the choir? At least I sing and people were receiving anointing. Okay. You got this work of salvation. You must be sure. We must be sure that it has happened. How can I know that I am saved? Question. How many people are saved here? <laughs> How many people are saved? Okay. Glory to God. Many people will answer my question. How then can I know? I'm a novice. I maybe from a Muslim home or something. And then they say saved. How do I know that I am saved? Who can tell us? Sister Miracle. Uh, please, can you have it on? Thank you, ma'am. Hello? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so, when we give our lives to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our own spirit that Holy Spirit bear witness. Now, I'm here. I don't even know the Holy Spirit. I don't know. How, how am I know that something is bearing witness? In annoy, in annoy, in annoy. Okay, okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, bra babalola. When I got saved, I said, oh boy, <clears throat> I still have some little, little, <laughs> you know, side 
mistakes that you make. And you know how our parents, we want to use that to say, Shabi, you say you're born again. Look at you. Are you really born again now? I will cry, 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 cry. Say, God, am I really born again? Am I really born again? Then I, I went to one of our elders. Sir, why is it that uh, when I did something wrong, I felt so bad, so bad, but I, I couldn't stop those things. Maybe they just challenged me in school. I just fought back or something, but I was feel so bad. He said, because you are saved. You no longer enjoy it. In those days, you would do it and you say, huh? That's why I'm afraid of people who are in church looking for women and texting and, and organizing. You're not saved. That's, you're not saved. Because that thing should not even... Are you not afraid? They come to church, they be looking at choir. Ha, that lady, I want to go and corner her. You are not saved. You are not saved. You have, you have been coming to church for 10 years. That's not mean you are saved. True. True. Because those things should be... Your heart should be pricking you. Even for, for the thought to even pass through your heart should be a problem. You say, ah, why am I even thinking evil like this? God, I'm in trouble. That's what shows you are saved. But you will see then they will be the one to organize it. Can I get your number? Uh, you give them the number, they won't allow you to sleep again. They start texting, I miss you, I love you. I... You say, come, are you born again? Who wants to tell us more? How do I know I'm saved? Yes, ma'am. I believe in Christ when I confess. Hey, but many people believe and confess. Is that just it? I was talking to one of our little girls uh, last Saturday. Maybe you were there. Start, okay, you weren't there. She said, I, I have done this five times. <laughs> so how am I sure that one time that I did it, it, it struck? Because you can confess for all I care and nothing happens. You can come before the altar and nothing happens. Sincere confession. Sanika says sincere confession. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Who wants to tell us more? Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Sir so, Olegede. The, the experience, that, that um, point of rebirth, you have this joy. Thank this you. Joy that you explain. explain. And peace. Thank you. And Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. How many people have felt that joy before? You understand what she's saying. Uh -huh. Those are confirmation that you're saved. The, the joy you can't explain. I would just be happy for no reason. Why am I happy? I don't know. I'm just glad. David, when he fell into sin, he said, take not the joy of your salvation from me. That is a confirmation. That's part of the knowing, the inner knowing that the miracle was taken. You to be there, and then you feel so much peace. I am delivered, praise the Lord. I am delivered by his power. Once I was bound by the chains of Satan, I am delivered, praise. This is where the song was singing then. Not carry me, they go, they go, they go. No. <laughs> they go where? <laughs> carry me, they go where? These are the songs that were singing then. It is a great story, a great story. Man to leave this world and follow Christ and to start afresh with Jesus Christ. It is a great story, great story. These are things that we were saying then. The joy knew no bound. 
I got home on that evening. I can remember clearly. And I told my dad, we are starting house fellowship, prayer, devotion in this house. And I said, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing. I just found Jesus. I jumped on the street and I was carrying my Bible everywhere. You are not born again. You are going to hell. <laughs> I've been looking at me. What's wrong with this small boy? The joy. I wanted everybody to experience it. May you experience joy of salvation tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus has to come into our life. Then the greatest gift ever was the gift of salvation. And the greatest mistake that anyone will ever do is to reject the gift of God through Jesus Christ. And I always like how Pastor Haiti put it in his analogy several years ago. You package something nicely for your spouse. Wrap it nice, very expensive gift. And you got home to make your spouse happy. And say, I brought this for you. I don't want the gift. How would you feel? Bad? Disappointed? Uh, what cannot quantify it? Same way God feels when we reject the gift of Jesus. Somebody was dying and you are telling them, ah, just let me pray for you. So I don't have anything to do with Jesus. Ah, Hele is clear. I met a man down, downtown. We went and were distributing a gift. I don't know how many of us were together at that time. This guy, I think, was on a wheelchair or something. You, you look at him that he was completely destitute. He needed that bag. We gave it to him. We gave it to every other person. All of a sudden, he just called us to come and take our bag back. We said, what happened? He said, I don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. He thought it was an organization that was giving it. The moment he knew it was church, and in the name of Christ, he returned it. Some people, their heart is sealed with hot iron. They don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. That's the greatest mistake anybody could ever make. Please don't make that mistake tonight. If you have done it many times and you still have not found that joy, that rest, that knowing, that desire, that interest in God. Because again, what thing you see is the interest. The interest in God. I just started loving church. Like, I lost church more than my school. I wanted to read the Bible. I started the Bible that year. Opened it up and started. As a little boy, just start reading. I wasn't planning to be pastor or anything. Who cares about pastor? I was just looking for God. The hunger in you we show that you are truly saved. But you've lost interest in things of God. There's a problem. There's a big problem. Eternity. Now I go to number four of my point today. The whole essence of life that we have now is to prepare us for eternity. I would like everybody to please take observe this and say together with me, the whole essence of life, can we say together? Now is to prepare us for eternity. Everything we are doing right now is actually a record going into our eternity. <laughs> this understanding should affect our actions here on earth and guide our focus to the things that matters. John chapter 6 verse 27 says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life. So there are meat that perish. Everything we do here now is to prepare us for eternity. Do you know your giving is preparing for eternity? Your coming, attending church services is preparing for eternity. Everything you do now, you are being nice, not because you are from a good family. It's because of eternity not because my father taught me well. I was trained. 
No. People look at you. Why are you this good? It's because of Jesus. There's nothing good about me. There's nothing good about me at all. But because of Jesus Christ, everything you do now is to prepare us for eternity. And we are banking them for eternal life. All your good deeds. Remember when they came to Cornelius? They said, oh, your good deeds were where? In the presence of the Lord, as for remembrance. But go to Peter. <laughs> Let Peter pray for you so that you can now enjoy those blessings. Do you understand? These good deeds are sitting down there. If, if Cornelius was not born again, they would be a waste. But the angel was so, I mean, God was so merciful, sent an angel to him so that all your good deeds will not be a waste. Go and meet Peter and let Peter preach, preach to you. And when he got saved, all the good deeds now were translated to blessing in this in eternity for her. Everything you do today, your obedience to regulations and rules, your keeping the, I don't like to use the word commandment, but being, being I mean, obedience to the word and the directive of God. All of this, do you know you're being nice to your husband, your wife? He's banked in eternity. Why didn't you slap her when she just talked to you like, I can't do it. Why? I've been bought with a price. I can't do it again. Eternity is what is driving everything. Because of eternity. Because of eternity. Why can't you just do the cheating? Nobody is looking at you. Cheat and just get the money and pocket it. I can't. Why? Because of eternity. Everything we have now is preparing us for eternity. Everything. The life you have now, if you live 70 years or 80 years or 100 years or 200 years, which is not possible anymore, everything is to prepare what your eternity will look like. Is to get us there. So, whatever we are doing right now is what we are using to negotiate and to bank how our eternity will be. Look at what Jesus says. I've read John 6 27. Let's go further. Hallelujah. Matthew 16 26. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So if somebody gains here and loses his own soul, that person is a loser. But if person loses here and gains there, that person has not lost. Does it make sense to you? Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. I would like a King, King James, I mean King James Version. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. Everybody, we are going to read together. Colossians chapter 3. Are we there? Verse 1 to 2. All right, let's go. Three, go. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. You don't put your heart and focus on things here. It has to be on things above. Set your heart. And the Bible tells us that there will be judgment. Of course, uh, Romans chapter 14 Verse 12. What the scripture says there, Romans 14, 12. The Bible says, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. What the scripture says. Sorry, I know it's either projected, but let me quickly open here. Second Corinthians chapter 5. 
verse 10. The Bible says, For we must all appear before what? The judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done. Where? According to whether. So do you see that the work can't? Somebody will say, we are just working. It's just activities. It's just, uh, you keep relationship with God. I was asking yesterday, I think there was a meeting yesterday or something. How do we keep relationship? I mean, how do we, um, do we keep relationship with God without those activities? The work counts. Revelation chapter 22, I think, is it verse 12? Said he that is faithful, be faithful, he that is unjust, is that, let it be unjust. Please, can you give me Revelation 22, 12? He said, I come quickly, and my reward is with, is that, is that, behold, I come quickly, and my reward is what? To give every man according to what? Who tells us that the work does not count? The work counts. So you're a worker in the house of God. God is marking registrar. You think you're doing it for Lake Onshaba? <laughs> I can't even pay you. All I can do is to say, good job. And that's it. But the one that will pay us in eternity is seeing that we are not doing it well. And some of us are doing it grudgingly. Some of us are saying, they don't even have respect for me. Who are you? <laughs> Before the Lord. Some of us are, I'm just walking away from the work. The work of God. For whatever reason. I feel sorry sometimes when I hear things like that. So you don't just know who you're working with. The work counts. And it's a privilege for God to have hired us. Say so we are partners with God. And all of a sudden, I don't want to partner with God again because somebody did something. <laughs> May eternity continue to drive our focus in the name of Jesus Christ. Number E. What Jesus taught about eternity, I'll quickly rush through. My time is running so fast, but let's see. Jesus taught that there are two eternities, heaven or hell. Man will end up in one by choice. Please, somebody, John 5, 24. Another person, Matthew 24, 45 to 46. Quickly, quickly, quickly. John 5, 24. Matthew 25, 45 to 46. And then Matthew 18, 8 to 9, NLT. John 5, 24. Somebody finds it, NLT. Quickly, John 5, 24. Who has that? When Bible study, let's read together. All right. Sister Vajide will read here. Yes, the next one, uh, Matthew 25, 45 to 46. Who has that? Matthew 25. Come on, brethren. Sister Miracle, thank you. All right. Matthew 18, 8 to 9. Who has that? All right, Sister Sister Kofu, thank you, Sister Kofu Rola. All right, yes, ma'am. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, for they have already passed from death into life. So there is death and there is life. Jesus taught us that. Okay, Matthew 25, 45, 46. Who was that? Yes, ma'am, 25, 45, 46. 25, 45, 46. 
Thank you. They're going to internal what? And then righteous going to internal. So there are two. Okay. The third one, ma'am. Stack of four. So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, mm-hmm. cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both of your hands and feet. So Jesus himself taught us there are two eternities. Hell or heaven. The Bible confirms it. I like when Stamotoro told us the other time, whatever you are saying, use Bible to back it. So that we know that this is, this is the word of God, not idea. Okay, I like that. That continues to, to stay with me. Okay, so are we clear now? Somebody is telling you, hey, fire is just a, a, it's just a fiction. It's not a fiction, no. It's a place. <laughs> Jesus said it is better that you are not thrown into it. I mean, you're, you go to heaven with one hand than to be thrown into, not a fiction, a place. Is it clear? All right. The two eternities are the reward of our living on earth now. So whatever we are doing right now is what is buying. Let me use the word. Permit me to use the word buying. Purchasing the eternity for us. So if I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I have purchased eternal life. Now, look at the story of Lazarus and the rich man. I'm not going to read that because of time. Luke chapter 16, 19 to 31. Jesus tells us the story of a man called Lazarus who was poor and another man called, um, who has no name, but called a rich man. Now, the Lazarus did not go to heaven because he was poor. But Lazarus went to heaven because he lived a righteous life. The rich man did not go to hell because he was rich. He went to hell because he lived with no God, a godless life. So prosperity on earth that is out of God is not true prosperity. Does that make sense to us? So when he gets to heaven, the point I want to make here is that Jesus says this is the reward of our living on earth. He said, son, when that guy was now saying, let Lazarus touch water and bring it to me. So he dropped can just for him. He said, son, you have enjoyed whatever you want on earth. But he, Lazarus, has, enjoyed, has not enjoyed that. He's now in heaven to get his own reward because of the way he lived. So our life here is what determines what our eternity will be. Make sense? Are we getting that? Number three, we can store up treasure in eternity. In other words, our gift can leave our hands, but they wait for us in eternity. Jesus taught that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. I gave my tithe. I did not, I have not bought a house yet. You did not give tithe to buy a house. Do you understand? It's waiting for you in eternity. You are laying treasure for yourself there. Whatever I gave, God must have doubled it and bring it back. We give because of eternity, not because of here. If the blessing here comes, glory to God. If it does not come, you cannot lose the one over there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many people are just like, once they don't have it here, everything is over. It's not over. It's not over. When the gift lifts our hands, they don't live our life. Do we understand? And Jesus taught this in the book of uh, um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. He told us about laying our treasure in eternity. Now, the road to heaven is narrow. Jesus taught us that there are roads that lead to both eternity. Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. The one to heaven is narrow and very straight. And he says only few people walk in there. Many people have gone to heaven and come back, you know, with, by revelation or by death and all of that. And they are like, I just found myself there. And 
And I did not see anybody on that road for the next two, three hours, they told us. And some other person were like, they want to hear, you just see everybody rushing, rushing, rushing into that. Everybody just, every second, people are just rushing in there. It's true. Because Jesus said there are only few people that will walk on that path to eternal life. Okay. Then, everyone is prepared for the saint. Why hell is prepared for the, for the devil? Oh my goodness. I have to stop at this point. Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. Somebody open Matthew 25, 34, and then 41 and 46. Matthew 25, 34, 41, 46. Yes, who is helping me to read? Matthew 25. Yes, sir, Brother Funsho, will help me read that. Yes, Matthew 25, 34. The kingdom is prepared for you. From where? From the foundation. Now, please read again, sir. Read, continue, uh, verse 41. 41. Then shall he say also unto them the next time, uh-huh. The everlasting fire, hell, was actually prepared for who? See, the Bible backs it up, right? Devil and his angel. So why is man going to find himself there if he's not prepared for human? Let's wrap up on that note. Who wants to answer that? Why? Why why would, if he's prepared for devil and angel and his angel, why is then that human beings are going to be going there? We don't know. We don't know. We don't want to answer. <laughs> Bra Ayobami, let Briar tell us why would human being go to hell if that hell is actually prepared for devil and his angel? I know. I don't need you to raise your hand. You are in Bible study. <laughs> Briar said, "I wouldn't know." All right. Yes, Brother Thank you, sir. Sister Anita. So, in addition to that, um, because when they were on this earth, they lived their lives in the way that pleased the devil. And so they have made themselves one with the devil. And we talked about the fact that they're higher than the God, or they are one with the devil. Thank you very much. And so they have made themselves, they've lived their life like they are devils looking for passenger. And somebody has lived their life to please the devil. It said, depart into everlasting damnation to, to the devil whom you have served. As a portion of the scripture like that I can't remember exactly where it is now. The devil you have served on earth. So devil, we, people have lived their life for the devil. We just follow the devil to that place. And it's by choice. It's by choice. Whereas going to eternal life, heaven, is also by choice. Uh, time will not permit us to continue, but by God's grace, next week, we'll be having Hax That Question session, okay? And we'll be on the hot seat here to answer as many questions as you have. By the grace of God, whatever question we have on this, we can also put it in. And let's note it them down right now. 
Let's be in the Bible study next week and have a good time with God. Amen. I will bless tonight. Shall we rise up on our feet? One prayer that has been coming to my mind in all of this is that Lord help me to redirect my focus. If I go out to preach the gospel, I'm not preaching so that the church will be full. Eternity is driving me. If I'm giving my offering, I'm not giving so that pastor will see me or I just want to help the church. No. Eternity is driving me. If I'm obedient to leadership or to the rules that I've been laid, that I've submitted myself to, I'm not doing that because uh, I just want to be nice. No, eternity is driving me. Let's pray, Father, help me to be driven by eternity. Help me to redirect my focus. That my focus in life will not shift and stay only on earth. The Bible says, if you have been risen with Christ, let your affection be set on things above and not on things below. Lord, help me. That my affection will be set on you, on you, on eternal life. That I will have my life with you at the end of life. Please pray before the Lord tonight. God help me that my attention will not be will not be shifted from eternity. That our lives will be driven by eternity. Lord, this world is going to come to an end just as the year is coming to an end right now. Someday we wake up to a world that has no no time, no it's endless forever. Lord help us that eternity will be our focus in all that we do, in all that we do. In the name of Jesus. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.